interrupt this program to bring you a quick word from our sponsor. Yep, you know they're always here to support. I'm talking about the one and only Zambezi Group Botswana. They are offering you guys protective face shields. If you haven't got yours now, I don't know what the hell it is you're waiting for. If you're living in Khabarone, this is the thing that you need to protect you from coronavirus. Now, the shield provides a clear barrier directly in front of your face. It also serves as a reminder for you not to touch your face. It is made of food-grade clear plastic and it does not obstruct your vision. But it does come in five amazing colors. That's navy blue, maroon, black, white, and my personal favorite, teal. It is going for only 55 Pula. And if you'd like to order yours, all you have to do is give them a call on plus 267-74-989-588. That is plus 267-74-989-588. And don't forget to let them know that who? The one and only KWAME sent you. Okay? Shall we go for it? It's time to start the show. You got young say when you saw say your V lips get glossy. You my main, my dessert, and my entree to infinity and Beyonce. But then yash and Nicki Minaj It's big, big, big like what, 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 what? I said then yash and Nicki Minaj It's big, big, big like iPhone 10 Plus. I am Culture kids, and welcome to another supercalifragilisticexpialidocious episode of Can We Talk, the podcast where we celebrate and critique the best in African music and internet culture. We do this every Saturday because Saturdays are for who? Me, K W A M E, that is official Kwame, formerly known as Kwame Kardashian, and I am a Ghanaian, Tanzanian, Pan African entertainer, curator, and entrepreneur from Botswana. So welcome to the show if this is your first time. Super excited about this one. We're still um, in Pride Month. So for shout out to all the LGBTQ listeners that might be listening to this. We stand with you. And in case you're new to the show, let me explain it to you, okay? So we're going to start with a little bit of motivation, some of my reflections that I've had this past week. I think this week I'm feeling a lot better. Last week was a little bit more morbid. There was just far too much going on. Not to say that Black Lives Matter is not something that we're still fighting for. Just now there's more entertaining things that we can talk about while still doing the very important work that we need to do to end systemic racism. So, hmm. Also, if you guys would like to advertise on the show, make sure you send me an email at info.officialkwami at gmail.com or you can just simply hit me up on any of my social media platforms and we can get in touch and you can come and advertise your product, your service, whatever it is that you do, boo-boo, right here on the podcast, okay? So let's get into this. This week I was thinking about guilt because this is something that I have struggled with for a very long time because I am a Pisces. Well, not only because I'm a Pisces, but I'm a Pisces because I'm a very self-sacrificing... Um, per- well, I'm not a Pisces because of that. I'm a Pisces because I was born in the middle of March. <laughs> but um, I generally am a very self-sacrificing person. And this, for me... 
I've had this kind of goal, not just this week, but just in the past couple of months for as long as I've been in Botswana, um, where I have moved past this excuse, as I would call it, of saying, oh, I'm Pisces, so that's why I act like this, or because of this experience, that's why I act like this. And I'm now moving to a space of where I take responsibility more for why I react the way I react to certain things or do certain things a certain way, because I think um, holding yourself accountable helps you accept responsibility. So instead of just throwing all of your burdens and um, mishaps on your star sign or whatever it is. And I'm not to say that your star sign and other things like how you grew up, your social status, whatever it is, don't contribute to how it is that you interact in life. I just don't think that they should serve as... Um, I think they can be a description, but I don't think they should serve as an excuse for you um, behaving the way that you are, whether it's good, whether it's bad. So I struggled with guilt for a very long time, like I said, because I'm a very self-sacrificing person. Um, also because I had also set a lot of unrealistic expectations for perfection for myself. I'd always wanted to do or say the right thing and try not to offend anyone because I don't know if you know this, but Pisces or especially water signs, we don't necessarily like conflict. I like Scorpios. <laughs> and Cancer is also highly emotional. But anyway, Pisces, we don't really like um, conflict. So I had tried to avoid that, to avoid that sometimes to my own um, detriment. And now I've gotten to a place where I want to allow myself to be open to being wrong. And to be open to, because which I think allows you to be open to learn and to be open to grow. Because I think the moment that you tell yourself that you know everything and you think that you are perfect, then you you cease to learn and you cease to grow. Because you cannot achieve perfection. You can try very hard, but I don't think you can um, quite achieve perfection in this sinful world that we live in. And it has taken me a while to get to a place where I can say that I make mistakes. We all make mistakes. I'm not saying that I, that I'm like the most perfect being in the entire world. Just I had tried to hold myself to unrealistic expectations of uh, perfection. And when I would mess up, I would guilt trip myself and beat myself down so viciously. And I realized that that's not how I talk to any of my friends or my family members, my loved ones. I don't speak to themselves, to them the way that I speak to me, or I don't treat them the way that I treat me. And I had to start giving myself back that love and letting go of that guilt, you know? And I think the most important thing when you make mistakes is to not throw away the progress and the process of everything that you've done to get you to where you are and where you're growing to, is to stop and say, hey, I did this, okay, I'm owning up to it. Maybe um, whether something bad happened, something good happened, whatever it is, I made a mistake and maybe it wasn't right, but that's okay. What did we learn from here and what do we do next? You know, I think the most important thing is to not sit and wallow in the past because the past ain't thinking about you, boo-boo. The past is the past. It's long gone. But um, I think what you need to do is focus on what you do going forward and letting go of that guilt of your past mistakes and mishaps, whether they be from 10 minutes ago, 10 years ago, 10 months ago, whatever it is. Um, and then I also had to let go of the pressure of time. Like now, I am a very proud, I will not mention my age because I stopped counting my years. I believe in um, every day should be a day to celebrate the day that you were born. Because anybody that knows me knows I'm not really big on birthdays. For me, it's just another day. I feel like I've had more exciting experiences on just any other random day that I'm, I'm living or get to spend time with my loved ones. I don't like to put too much emphasis on my birthday, just personally. But um, I've I finally 
begun to, or I think I'm in a really great pl- place where I've let go of the pressure of time or trying to achieve things at a certain age by be like, oh, by 30, I should have this and 35 that or 30, 25, I should have these kids or this kind of career or whatever. And I used to be very vain in thinking that time will always wait for me <laughs> and work on my time. But no, the world does not revolve around you, <laughs> contrary to popular belief. And I realized that I just have to go out and get it. Whatever it is that I want to achieve or whatever it is you want to achieve in life, your dreams cannot manifest unless you take action. It doesn't help for you to sit there and think about it. You have to start planning towards it, um, researching about it, finding ways. Every small little step that you take takes you to the next step of where it is that you're trying to go. And it's not something that's going to happen overnight. And once you let go of the concept of time and you don't hold yourself by your past, you choose to live in the future and and. Pray and hope. I mean, sorry, choose to live in the in the present. <laughs> Look at me looking so far ahead. Choose to live in the present and um, appreciate it for what it is. And then from there, have faith in the future. I think that's when you absolve yourself of time. And it makes it takes so much of a burden off of you. And, and it just makes life so much easier. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with um, setting goals and timeframes of when you want to do things. I think that's great because it can motivate you and push you. But... Um, I think it's really important to not let time cripple you because when I look back on my life, when I look at some of a lot of the things that I've done that I didn't take the time to enjoy are things that I didn't plan for, achievements that I had made, whether personally, spiritually, emotionally, professionally, that I really should have sunk in more and just been present in and I didn't because I was so focused on what I'm going to do next or where I want to get within the next year or two years or five years that is probably something that might even take me 10 years, you know, but it's all about the process of that journey. So if there's any advice I would give to you, I would say use time as a motivation, but not as a rod of validation. Take your time to learn from the past and then take time to be present in the present and to enjoy it while you are hoping faithfully for the future. Okay, so those are my little words to you guys this week. But now let's jump into our first segment in the show. This is the p- part that we call President, a.k.a. Presidu, where we celebrate Africans doing dope work. First up, we have two this week. Um, one's a male, one's a female. First up, Joshua Kissy. They actually work together. Joshua Kissy, who is a Ghanaian-American photographer and creative entrepreneur based in New York City with over 10 years of experience in the game. He's worked with like Nike and everybody. Listen. And uh, second up is Karen Okonko, who is a Nigerian-American social entrepreneur owning various companies in the event planning and online business realm, as well as a TEDx speaker. Shout out to her. That TEDx has always been a dream of mine. I can't wait to be able to do that one day. But... um. Yeah, so why I wanted to talk about the two of them is they have this really special company that might help you, you listening right now, if you're in the advertising, marketing space, or whatever it is you do, if you create content, this might be something that you're looking for. They own a company called Tonel, if I'm pronouncing that right, it is spelled T-O-N-L. And it is a stock photography company that offers original images that features people of color and different sexual orientations doing your very everyday things from working out to cooking dinner, hanging out at the beach, what have you. Now, for me as a content creator, 
um, stock images are very important. You know, like the images that you Google or maybe you sign up to a website such as, uh, is it Shutterstock? Things like that where you can get images that you can use for to promote your business, whatever it is that you're doing. I had this dream when I was younger that, you know, when you Google stuff and you look for, I don't know, lady chopping green onion, something like that, you would usually see Caucasian people doing this. And you'd have to say, okay, black man doing this, you know, and you have to sort of, go through a lot of pictures and a lot of content to find what it is that you're looking for. And I had this dream when I was younger that one day I was going to take a picture of anything you could possibly think of, any sentence you could possibly ever Google. I don't know if I'm going to do that now. It sounds like a lot of work. Any picture, any sentence you can possibly Google of a black person doing something and I was going to do it just so I could completely change the landscape of Google, just so I could see myself when I Google things you know, and represent myself so that it's not always, um, cause you know, sometimes when you're just trying to do something and you just want some cultural diversity. So shout out to them for doing this because this for me is literally, um, a dream that I had that I wish I had the time to do and the expertise to do, but I don't. And that's why throughout my life before social media was really a thing and people were influencers, I've always documented and shared um, my life and my experiences just because I enjoy doing that and because I like to have a journal biography of sorts online just that I can view and people can view if they if they so have to but it's for me it's never been about um, I'm doing this so that other people can like give me likes or whatever it's just because I really just like looking at my life you know so shout out to them for doing these kind of things where you can see images of yourself and you can use it in advertising and printing stuff. Um, now, I looked on their website and uh, this, they had this to say. It says, um, this is a place where you can find culturally diverse stock photos that represent the true world that we live in, creating an inclusive culture that takes both commitment and action. A diverse mix of voices leads to better discussions for everyone. And I absolutely agree. So shout out to Joshua Kissy and Karen Okonko for putting this together. I think they've been doing this for about three years. If you guys would like to check it out, um, it is www.tonl.com, if I'm not mistaken. But otherwise, just Google it and you'll be able to find it. Oh, shall we get into the next bit of the show? Let me have some wine and let's do it. Alright, let's get into iGist. And iGist is where we talk about everything that you guys have been talking about on the African internet. First up, the Vogue Challenge. Now, since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, there have been various trends that have come up on social media that people and TikToks and things that people have been doing. And the latest trend that caught my attention and the attention of more branches, which is a blog I feature very much on the podcast, is the Vogue Challenge. Now, as the name suggests, if you guys have not seen it, the Vogue Challenge is basically placing your picture or a picture from your last photo shoot because this was geared more towards photographers, models, makeup artists and the like. But then everybody just started using it, which I think is fun. Um, it's basically taking your picture or a picture from your last photo shoot and using it as a Vogue magazine, comma, um, magazine cover, using minor details and some basic, very um, Photoshop skills. For me, I haven't personally done it yet. Depending on the time that you listen to this, I might have done it already. And I will tell you why in just a bit. Now, for me, Vogue magazine has been the standard of beauty for many generations around the world, which I think 
in retrospect now has been very detrimental. Although they've done great work, I think it has been very detrimental for people who don't necessarily look like what you see on the cover or in the pages of Vogue. I feel that we grew up in an era where Vogue was like the stamp of approval for people's beauty. And I like that creatives using this challenge, especially creatives of color, especially creatives from the African continent or the diaspora, are taking beauty and art into their own hands. Um, because Vogue, for example, the first black photog photographer that they've ever had was very recent. This is not more than under five years ago. This is maybe two, maybe three years ago when Beyonce did her last um, Vogue cover and she hired a up-and-coming black young black photographer. And it blew my mind that that was the first time in decades and decades in the history of Vogue that there was a black photographer that shot the cover. I thought that this would have been done ages ago. This is specifically American Vogue, right? Now, I saw whilst people were sharing this challenge, a lot of creatives were talking about manifesting um, these covers into actuality, you know, outside of social media. And I think there's nothing wrong being featured by big, wanting to be featured by big publications, but I've learned that that shouldn't be what validates you or your work. I think it's a nice nod up to get. And of course, it does help you when you're applying for things and give you credentials. But I'm hoping that when Vogue is looking at all of these, they're not just going to like pick people's ideas and use them without crediting them. I hope they do actually hire creatives that they see doing this challenge, you know. And this just brought my mind to other magazines that I grew up with, such as like Drum, Essence, Hype, which was a big hip hop magazine in Southern Africa, that I did also aspire to be in or to be on, but I didn't see them as of equal value to things like Vogue, which in retrospect is problematic because of the propaganda that is the American dream and the media, you know, where you're sold this idea of everything outside of where you're from is greater than you are, which is which is not the truth. I think anything that is of value is everything that we are within ourselves, everything that we have around ourselves. And it's it's sad that it's taken me and maybe everybody else. I don't know, maybe other people, I'm sure other people were thinking about this way before I was. But it's sad that we had to get to a place where we now had to see ourselves of value when we were supposed to be seeing ourselves of value ages and decades and years ago, you know, from the minute that we were brought onto this earth. And for me personally, and it seems like this is the resounding song for a lot of people in the creative industry is we're tired of banging on the door we're tired for ask, of asking for a seat at the table or asking for approval. It is high time, and I think we are already basically doing it, creating our own platforms, our own seat at the table, our own houses of um, celebration of ourselves and sharing ourselves and validating ourselves. You know, I think even from this Vogue challenge, one of the greatest things that I've seen is a lot of what I've seen on the internet this week alone is more artistic and even greater than what I've seen in decades of American Vogue. This is no shade to American Vogue because they've done some dope work and I've seen some great covers. I remember there was one that Lady Gaga did. Um, it was like the se September issue, if I'm not mistaken, where she was wearing this fuchsia dress and it was, um, she had this big, tall, blonde hair. If you know what I'm talking about. If you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. So American Vogue for me has done great work, but just seeing what we have done on the internet for me, bypasses 
um, or supersede anything that I had ever seen before. It was so enriching and inspiring to see all of the stuff that we're doing and what we're capable of. And that's one of the things that I love about the the power of social media, being able to share and celebrate ourselves in this way. You know, because personally for me, my favorite Vogue has always been Italian Vogue. R.I.P. to Franca um, Susani. Because Italian Vogue for me, when I was growing up, just seemed a lot more art-driven, a lot more inclusive, a lot more diverse, a lot more risque. And American Vogue for me was a bit more mainstream and safe sometimes. So yeah, I absolutely love what you guys are doing. I'm probably going to do my own. Although I'm really, I really want to do a drum cover, an Essence cover. I don't know if I have any like hip-hop-esque <laughs> pictures to do a hyper cover, but I'll probably do a Vogue cover just, just for jest, you know. Because I've always wanted there to be an African version of Vogue magazine, like a Vogue Africa. But I think outside of the world, they just didn't see our... Fa- besides like when they would come in Jack-Off style. <laughs> they just didn't see us, or we didn't even see ourselves as value enough to deserve one or they didn't think that our fashion industry was big enough or booming enough and i think that our fashion industry on the continent has has come a long way there is a proper industry in almost every corner of africa right now because my introduction to entertain or to the entertainment business or the arts business was as a model and even then in what i can speak for in southern africa the fashion industry was a major industry it was making proper money so shout out to all of you that is doing it um and yeah i think i will do my own on the topic of fashion let's talk about this in an essay exclusive to opermag.com egyptian-born fashion model of south sudanese descent anok yai who has been on the covers of magazines such as harper's bazaar and vogue that we've spoken about um recently spoke out about racial discrimination that she suffered since childhood all the way to the catwalk of fashion. She wrote a very touching op-ed, I guess you would call it. And one of the things that stuck out to me was a part where she said, black models should not have to teach working professionals how to deal with our hair and skin day in and day out. Educate yourself and come prepared because it's your job. And I cannot, I, I cannot agree more. I cannot believe that this is still a thing where you as a model would show up to a job in the fashion industry. And which is supposed to be part and parcel of the beauty industry and diversity, and you still meet so-called professionals who don't know how to work with your hair type or your skin tone. And it's like, bro, it's the same technique of how you do things. It's just working with different, either different shades when it comes to um, beauty or working with different hair textures. If you really are talented and professional in what you do, you will still know how to do um people of color i don't understand how you can it's like saying to me that you know how to talk to um black people but you don't know how to talk to white people that just just doesn't make sense to me if you know how to speak you know how to speak point at blank period do you know what i'm saying but anyway i guess we still have a ways to go there moving on to nigeria oh this was sending me this entire week so a nigerian billionaire based in dubai it goes by the name of Hush Puppy. You might be familiar. <laughs> was arrested by the Federal Bureau of Intelligence. That's the FBI, boo-boo. <laughs> and the International Police. 
Now, according to sources, Interpol arrested Hush Puppy for COVID-19 for COVID-19 ventilator $35 million fraud, which was supposed to be given to Native Americans during the coronavirus pandemic. As to how this man and his crew was able to pull this off, if it is true, how they were to pull it off, I have no idea. Hey, talk about scam. Ah, Nigerians, I cannot. Now, the thing is, I'm not saying it's right because I'm kind of upset because I love fraud boys. <laughs> I'm not saying he a fraud boy. I don't know. I don't know him like that. But personally, I love fraud boys. I feel like they are getting our reparations for all of the damage that colonialism did to Africa. All of the looting that you guys did of all of our gold and all of our natural resources and all of our people and our bodies too. I feel like we're just getting back our reparations that we are owed. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Okay, but the thing is, I have a problem when they are spent. And you can spend your money however it is that you like. That's fine. If you want to buy Gucci, Fendi, Prada, Louis, Louis, whatever. That's up to you. But my thing is, when you are spending all of that money that you have got to however it is that you've got it, and you're spending it in somebody else's economy, buying foreign designer clothes, it's like you're giving right back to the hand that whipped you. Do you hear what I'm saying? You get me? Because I feel like if you're going to, however it is that you get these funds from, however it is that you get them, like them $35 million, I mean... For ventilators, though, that we're going to help Native Americans, guy, really? But if you have got all of this money, at least find a way to help let it benefit your community or where it is that you're coming from. You can do whatever you want for yourself, wear what you want, drink, eat, drive, whatever. Whatever it is, but at least do something that is for your own. Like support your local designer brands or real estate or something you know and i feel i feel far too many times i've seen people and this is not to say i like things like versace and Balmain and whatever not that i can afford them right now but in the very near future and there's nothing wrong with liking those brands and buying them and nothing wrong with liking foreign things but it's like hold the things that are your own of equal value and invest in those as well you get what i'm saying okay moving on Whew, i gotta have a sip of my holy wine for this Mm. Daniel Duncan Williams, who was the last born of famous Ghanaian Archbishop Duncan Williams. Oh, <laughs> you knew we were going to talk about it. Set the internet ablaze this past week after he dropped a video of himself oiling his distin, as in his pimpinis, <laughs> twerking naked and having a threesome uh, with two girls in a pool and several other things. After that, he went on to now call himself and East Legon porn style. <laughs> he said his OnlyFans was coming soon. And this was all before he went live on Twitter. I didn't even know you could go live on Twitter. Well, uh, Periscope, I guess. He went live on Twitter to discuss girls that he's had sex with before. He was calling out haters for being broke. And even referenced one girl and called her a fish meat pie. Oh, Lord. Now, prior to this, Daniel um, has been pursuing a music career under the name D-Wills. And he's actually not bad. I checked out his music and was not familiar before. So if this was a publicity sound, great. But apparently not so. Because at first, I thought this was hilarious. And I thought he was just fooling like everybody else. 
because he was on live for two hours. <laughs> he constantly had snacks that he was just pulling out of any and everywhere. He had some friend in the back who had the most serious, as in C for serious, Corona cough I have ever had in my life. I don't even know what Corona cough is supposed to sound like, but it was a proper, please, back away from the, from the speaker right now. I'm going to do it for you. The cough sounded like a... <coughs> Can you imagine? I was like, sir, I'm not going to kind catch no corona through this little here speaker of mine. And the thing is, he had a similar outburst to this a couple years online as well, um, a couple years ago, which led me to believe that this actually might not be a joke. And the poor thing actually might have um, serious mental instability, which I feel bad for him for. Now, um, whew. Archbishop Duncan Williams, Ghanaian Archbishop Dun Duncan Williams, who is his father, put out a statement and he said, Daniel has undergone the very best of medical interventions, treatments, and hospitalizations, yet he experiences relapses when he does not continue on his prescribed medication. And that's when I was like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. But one thing I can say is that I am glad that this wasn't just a... Oh, pray for him. We'll just expel the demons from his spirit. Or, so, you know, he's been uh, possessed or something like that. I'm glad that this is not the mentality that people had in trying to help him, especially coming from his family, who comes from um, a very heavily spiritual background. I'm happy that they are not just doing the spiritual work that needs to be done. Um, sometimes, but then also are putting the focus on doing, on getting him proper physical, medical attention and doing the work that's had. Because I think this is something that far too often, more necessary than usual, people do not take mental illness and issues for what they are and be like, oh no, just pray it away, he'll be fine. Oh no, he's just possessed and people have actual problems that can be solved with medical care that we have or therapy and things like that that god has given us the brain and the willpower in order to study and use to help people you get me <sighs> anyway still sticking in ghana moving on to this god i had to have a sip of my wine again because jesus 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 y'all be fooling oh a ghanaian radio presenter by the name of nana romeo asked ghanaian pop star wendy shea if she and her manager, Bullet, were involved romantically. Wendy Shea, however, denied it and as many times as she possibly could. And um, the radio presenter, Nana Romeo, said he had evidence of a tape or what have you. He also alleged that Wendy Shea's new song, Emergency, was a love letter to her manager. Now, after several back and forth confrontations, Wendy Shea, as she should have, exited the show. Now, Nana Romeo has since faced a lot of backlash from Ghanaians who believe that he conducted the interview in an unprofessional manner, which I 100% agree with. He later did an interview with a, I think it was a blog, and they asked him if he was going to issue an apology to Wendy Shea for being so rude and disrespectful to her and unprofessional in his questioning of her and her personal life and her personal business. And he rather said... <laughs> That she would have to apologize to him for walking out. Like, are you okay? But he, however, said that he's ready to host Wendy Shea um, anytime she's ready to be back on his show. Now, this is coming from the same guy. We talked about this, I think, a couple, maybe two, maybe three episodes ago. This is the same guy who 
publicly and quite disrespected disrespectedly was that a word <laughs> um disrespectfully reprimanded kitty the pop star for being late to his interview and i understood what he was saying but like i said in the previous podcast i didn't think that that was something that he needed to do on air and he didn't have to make a public spectacle of it which clearly seems to be his thing i think this instance with wendy shea and what he did with kitty but this one in particular is unprofessional and lazy journalism it's super crass like sir grow up and i'm going to admit I too, when I was in my very early years as a broadcaster, I was doing an interview for a very big um, international artist. And this is my first time, this was my first time um, interviewing an artist of that caliber. And I was quite inexperienced at the time, I am not going to lie. And I asked a lot of questions relating to their music and things like that. But then I started to ask them about their love life, which I immediately after asking the question knew was a stupid dumb idea because i there's so many other things that you can talk about when it comes to artistry and music and stuff where you don't have to take the lazy route to be like oh so who is it that you're dating you know and even the artist that i was interviewing at the time was like huh and he was just like that's such a random question and then was so courteous enough to not to cuss me out, which I would have deserved, but then continued on with the interview and answered my question anyway, which in retrospect was really stupid. But this, like I said, was when I am, oh, I was very young and inexperienced. And I had come from, you know, growing up reading tabloids and whatever, which shouldn't automatically, not, I mean, I went to school for broadcast journalism as well, but growing up with tabloids and things like that, where you think that this is what journalism is supposed to look like. And it's not. And someone who has been doing this for as long as he had should know better. Artists, when they're doing interview, are there to promote their work. And what you're supposed to do is do your job. There's so much to talk about musically in aspects of their artistry or how their life influences their music than to spend time asking what someone does with their genitals. Like, what has that got to do with you? It's not attached to you or your body. They ain't fucking you, so what the hell is your problem? Do you know what I'm saying? I think the days of demoralizing cheap paparazzi are sadly, (laughs) because it was some of the best of times, are sadly yet thankfully over. Um, I don't know why he thinks he's justified in what he said. I think that for me, this was just very cheap cha- um, ta- tactics that he used to probably try and get publicity for himself that didn't even seem to have to do anything to do with his station. Bro, in future, use your head. And uh, anyway, moving on to this, this is, I think, our, is it our final one? And I just, mm, we're on the way because this is combining kind of long. Okay, so... Let's talk about George Floyd, okay? Because we ain't quite done there. Now, outside of Ghana, the government is being hailed for being a beacon of the Black Lives Matter struggle. But inside of Ghana, that same government is abusing their citizens for taking a stand to say Black Lives Matter. Now, let me give you the backstory, okay? So, Ghanaian President Nana Kufuado, um earned the appreciation of the family of George Floyd, who was a black American who was killed by off- um, police officers on camera last month. Now, at a funeral service held in Houston, in America, the family said it was deeply moved by the generous act of the Ghanaian government to solidify the legacy of George Floyd. And it was also mentioned that Mr. Floyd's name had been permanently mounted on the wall of Diasporan African Forum at the W.E.B. Dubois Center in Ghana's capital, Accra. And uh, that's all well and good. 
I get it. Okay, we'll get into the rest a little bit later. And another thing that happened during this memorial in Ghana was Ghana's tourism minister, Honorable Barbara Teng um, Jassi, speaking on the African diaspora at the memorial ceremony held for George Floyd, said to all diasporans or to African-Americans, please take advantage, come home, build a life in Ghana. You do not have to stay where you are not wanted. And I hear you. I completely stand with that statement because I have also said that Ghana is a great place to start. If you are coming from outside of Africa and you are trying to get a taste of all things African, I mean, Ghana is one country, mind you. But if you're trying to get an, um, a comfortable ease yourself into Africa, I think Ghana is a great place to start. Although it's ridiculously expensive, especially when it comes to accommodation. That we cannot even lie. But I think... What all of this has failed to highlight is that Ghana also still has a multitude of very fixable problems. Um, actress Afia Odor spoke out um, via her Twitter account and she said this, and I quote, They're telling Americans facing racial discrimination to come to Ghana as if Ghana hasn't, doesn't have um, accentuating issues already, from bad roads to bad infrastructure to corrupt authorities and what have you. That's what she said. And I kind of agree because these are things that have plagued us for far too long. For me, I think the memorial in Ghana, although very well-intentioned, seemed a little bit like a PR stunt. Now, I will tell you why. Because as they were doing all of that, what happened on ground when there was a Black Lives Matter vigil, which I, I told you guys about last week, the complete same thing that is happening in America was happening in Ghana. And it's like, so where is the same sort of effort to combat police brutality on our own soil? Now, in, um, to give you some, guys some backstory, in a Black Lives Matter vigil held in Ghana in front of the Independence Arch, which says freedom and justice on it, the protest was led by a man by the name of Ernesto Yaboa. He was arrested and charged with failure to obtain a permit for the protest, while the hundred and something protesters were dispersed with rubber bullets and tear gas in a very similar fashion to what the American police have been doing to protesters in America. And in America, it's because of race. In Ghana, for me, it's about uh, abuse of power. You get me? Because in Ghana, we do, we cannot even lie. When it comes to our police system, they do subject a lot of people to stereotypical profiling. There is an abuse of power the, um, problem in the, in the police force that needs to be compacted. Because in Ghana, it feels, at least to me, and I think a lot of people can agree it seems to me as if the people are at the mercy of the police force rather than being protected by them which is similar to what is happening in america and it cannot be a problem that we have on our own soil in our country or in on our continent and then we're fighting for black lives outside it's like bro can we stop that here <laughs> do you know what i'm saying i think fix your house before you send stew to the next door okay Okay, and now in our final story for I just uh, whose kente is it anyway? When U.S. Democrats in Congress proposed legislation to reform the police following weeks of protests over the death of African American George Floyd at the hands of a white officer, commentators on social media wanted to talk about one thing, which was what they were wearing. Now, a speaker at the House of Representatives and other Democratic lawmakers were draped in scarves made of a cloth of colorful geometric Ghanaian designs, which, of course, you know, I'm talking about 
the beauty that is kente fabric. Now, apparently the kente scarves were given out to the congressmen and women by the Congregational Black uh, Isakukas, which is a group that meets to pursue legislative goals around greater equality for black people. And I saw an image of this where they were, they took the knee, they were bent on one knee, and I can't remember if they had their fists in the air, just to show their solidarity and condolences. And yeah, okay. I just could. I understand that kente as a fabric is a symbol of freedom and unity and pan Africanism and the like, but it's like, can we see more action into making sure that things like this do not happen and break down systemic racism and not just perform <laughs> or just show? Our solidarity and can we actually do something with the people who actually have the power to make a change? Can you help us make that change? I hope that's what's happening here. Okay, so start with you guys. That was great. But let's take some action and help us break down systemic racism. Okay, and that's all that I have for you guys in this week's edition of I Just. Um, next up, we're going to get into the review. Are you ready? Let's play a little bit of music and then we'll get into it. Zagadat. It's your voice. Yeah. Oh, my baby. Skin can promise. Yeah. Baby girl, me, I no go lie. When I see you, then I did die. Cause if they love you like I love you, touch you like I touch you. And they think about you every night You over me, girl, I no go lie Cause if they kiss you like I kiss you I she me so Uni so, uni so, ami so Oro se wamba, se wamba ene diami Mi uwa sa, wani nwa nami wo Oro se wamba, se wamba ene diami Baby, I'm jealous Baby, I'm jealous can make so jealous. I know they feel control it. Yeah, yeah. Baby, I'm jealous. They can make so jealous. Girl, I make so jealous. I know they feel control it. As in, was that a jam or was it a what? Right, let's get into Shall We Review. This is where we discuss some of the latest projects and releases from across the African continent and the diaspora. And this week, it is One Day You Will Understand, the new EP from Mr. Easy and Empower. Now, the track that you just heard is called Baby I'm Jealous, and it features Empower Africa and King Promise from Ghana. Now, Empower Africa, for those who do not know, is an entertainment hub that supports the jet that supports the next generation of African artists and it was founded by global superstar Mr. Easy. Empower is supposed to help equip them with the tools, knowledge, network and also funding sometimes with what they need to put out their music and just go out and be great and I absolutely love it because for me I see Mr. Easy quotes me on this. I'm gonna say it now. Oh wax. I think Mr. Easy is going to be the next Jay-Z on Africa. In Africa. Because him starting this and basically... Because every year he basically launches like 30 artists from across the African continent and the diaspora into the into the market. 
you know? So I think if he ever wanted to step back and decide, okay, I'm not going to do this singing thing anymore. I'm just going to sit back and be a music mogul. He really could be and a businessman. So it opens with Baby I'm Jealous, um, which is the first track on the project. And I like it. I knew from the minute that I heard it that it was definitely produced by Guilty Beats, whose project Different we discussed, I think, in the debut episode of this podcast yes which is one of my favorites i still um spin it to this day it, it literally is a kind of project that you need to listen to start for, from start to finish it's called different check it out um but yeah i knew that the song was immediately produced by guilty beats just by the psychedelics of the sonics bro are you getting me like guilty beats for me has such an interesting interpretation of african pop music it has all of his songs have like the rhythm and structure of traditional pop um but he had he uses like alternative percussions and drums and things that you wouldn't necessarily find in mainstream pop and i'm still trying to figure out what it is that it's all called or where he draws his inspiration from i kind of low-key want to just take a gander into what he listens to and how he creates his sound because it's very interesting because you will miss it 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 sounds like mainstream pop, like a regular pop song, but just if you really pay attention and you critique music as much as I do, you'll realize that it does a lot of the sounds sound unlike um, the kind of sonics that people that other producers are using. No shade to them, but just this is just different, <laughs> like his EP. Um, it's followed by the next track called I No Give Up On You, which I think was released before. I didn't like it when I first heard it as a single, but as part of the tape, I liked it. Um, more than it just being a standalone. Next up is a track called Ogo Ogo Guru. <laughs> no sweet paspami. Which for me is Mr. Easy showing off his maturity. Like you can you can hear it from um like Bankulais and Skin Tight to this track. You know, which is like what four or five years ago? And I think this EP as a whole, and especially the song, carries his signature in simplicity, which is still ever-present, which I enjoy. And it's here that I started to realize that I'm already on track three. <laughs> like, this is a very short yet full project, you know, even though it is an EP. And I feel like every song, especially this song in particular, complements the next one. I think Mr. Easy is at a point where he does not even have to release the music if he wants to, but I appreciate it when he does, especially with this EP that I didn't know I would enjoy so much. I really thought it would be a run-of-the-mill, like, once you've heard enough Mr. Easy or of any other artist that you're an Afropop fan of or Afrobeats fan of, you feel like you kind of heard them all. But this, for me, was just, it just, I could hear the maturity in where he is in his life and as a person. And then finally, there is this track, which is track number four. I know it ends so soon. It is one of the longest <laughs> titles I have seen for a song in a very long time. And I appreciate it because I'm used to seeing this on like old rock music that I grew up on or like indie pop stuff and whatever. This is me getting into my MTV bag. But I appreciated this because it is, it is my favorite song. Um, it is called Baby This Your Body Nagong Fine Fine Sweet Okpeke. Ok I swear it sounds so much sweeter when you listen to the song, which I'm going to play for you in just a bit. But um, yeah, it's my favorite song. I immediately added it to my personal playlist and it's going to be in the playlist this week. So have a listen. Mm -hmm. 
I'm on this your body na go be Fine fine sweet obeke Me I won't call you my kele Fine fine sweet obeke Baby this your body na go be Fine fine sweet obeke Me I won't call you my kele Fine fine sweet obeke Oh yeah baby boom me ni panda oh Man no my love cara oh 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 is it a bop or is it a bopping tin? Love that song. Let's get into my final thoughts. I think, hmm, with access to that many artists and producers through his company Empower Africa, I think for me it was very encouraging to see Mr. Easy continue to do music so simply yet so beautifully at the same time. I think especially because it is easy for one sound once you become too familiar with an artist for it to be sound monotonous. Um, as opposed to having a signature sound, but for me, this showed off his signature sound and his pen and his ability to write a dope love Afro pop song. But it also showed me his maturity as a person and as an artist. I think it's very reflective of where he is in his personal and his professional life, and you can hear it on this project unless you're sleeping under a rock. I think his influence and his contribution and impact on modern pop music worldwide can not be disputed. Absolutely love this project. Um, what's the score? I think I will give it a very fair and very strong 7.8 out of 10. Not because I thought that I don't even know what else I would add to this or take away from this. I think the four tracks was absolutely perfect. Um, I think if he had added like two extras, it might have made it too much. I wouldn't have minded one more. But um, yeah, considering the fact that he worked with very producers, it still so sounded very cohesive. And I think 7.8 is a very fair um, score to give. Add to playlist... You definitely have to add the two babies. <laughs> track one and track four. Baby, I'm jealous. And baby, this your body. Now go find fine sweets up there. <laughs> Which is my favorite song right now. And that brings us to the end of Shall We Review? I only wanted to do one this week because now I'm trying to space them out so that we have more time to talk about other projects and things and things. So that also the podcast is not too long. But um, hmm, we have a little bit more to discuss as we get into your WhatsApp broadcasts. Now, your WhatsApp broadcast is a segment that is not like the Facebook news that you read. This is news and recommendations that you actually need. Starting off with um, a new part that we have in here where we talk about what I think you should watch on Netflix. There is, and we've spoken about this before, or at least mentioned it on the show, there is a new show called Queen Sono, which follows the story of a secret South African ca well, spy agent who tackles criminal operations while dealing with crises in her personal life. Now, usually when I mention this, I have watched the entire season and I report back with my thoughts. But see, what happened was I watched one episode like halfway through, and I fell asleep, not because it was boring, but because I had watched about 
a full day's worth of Netflix. And I was just like, oh, let's watch Queen's Honor. I've been meaning to watch it. So I haven't seen all of it quite yet. So I shall watch it this week and then we shall go back with my thoughts, okay? But I just wanted to tell you guys about it because I think it's really dope. And it does star South African actress, model, television host, radio personality who I absolutely love by the name of Pearl Tusi. She stars as Queen Sono, who is a field operative in the special operations group and the daughter of Safaya Sono who is a deceased anti-apartheid revolutionary leader and freedom fighter. So I thought that this series was very apt to the times that we are living in right now. And from what I've seen from the first episode, which was shot in Zanzibar, which of course, hello, I'm Tanzanian. Of course, I'm going to love it. I thought it was absolutely gorgeous. And I'm intrigued to see the rest of it. So episode one, so far, so good. Prototis acting, I love and I like. Been a fan for quite a while, and I can't wait to see where it goes next. So I'm going to watch the rest of it, and I'll get back to you guys. But I also wanted to note this, because I saw this in the store, when I went to the Mac store. Um, I was just passing through, you know, just to see what Mac's doing right now. Just to see what's out there. And she actually has a collaboration with Mac Cosmetics. Yes, she re- they released like a joint... Um, two pack of things. Now the star is the first South African to collaborate with the brand. This is Pearl Tusi with the brand on a beauty collection. The collection consists of two looks. The first is a me kit and the second one is called a power kit. Each with a range of beauty products such as mascara, a face brush, lipstick, lip liner, lip gloss, lashes. Um, that actually came out the same day as um, the premiere of Queen Sona, which I thought it was dope. Now personally, when I looked at the products... I thought they were really, yeah, eh. Shout out to her. I think it's great. I love that this is happening. But I was just like, I feel when they've done other things like their Viva Glam campaigns, this is Mac, um, or their collaboration with Rihanna that they did way before. If you all remember this, when there was re- when they had, um, you know, the famous Mac lipstick. This is for all my beauty gurus. That is um, Ruby Woo. And then they had a Riri Woo version that a friend of mine had. And I would smell all the time because it smelled so good. I don't know why. I don't know what formula they put in there. But I feel like when they've done collaborations with previous artists um, outside of the continent, they've had a more extensive range. Even when it comes to their Viva Glam campaigns, they've at least done something that was branded that seemed very personalized to the celebrity or public figure that they were working with. But this one, it just seemed like they took a bunch of their products and then just like threw them in a box and was just like, okay, here it is. And even the artwork for it and the creative direction was just very, yeah, eh, yeah, <laughs> You know, it didn't make me want to buy it, but it's like, I want to get it anyway just to support her. You know, so if you guys want to check it out, um, check on the website. It should be on the Mac Cosmetics website. Or if you live in Southern Africa, you can get it at almost any Mac store because I saw it in Botswana, so I know it's available anywhere else. Um, hmm, let's get into this the playlist. And I have something very exciting news for you guys. I've been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting to share this. Now, you know, last week on the playlist, and back again this week, we have a song. Um, called Feel Free, which is a dance vibey song that you would like by Ograna and Cascade. First of all, I'm upset <laughs> because I thought his name this whole time, I've been pronouncing it Ograna. I've been, I thought the G was silent, like lasagna, you know what I'm saying? But apparently it's Ograna. And by a DJ producer um, 
from Jamaica who lives in London by the name of Cascid, who I was recently speaking to this week. Breaking news, okay? This is an exclusive. This has not been heard anywhere else. Cascid's next single is going to feature one of my favorite rappers who I really like and respect, Mr. Too Much Juice, Too Much Sauce, YC. And I cannot wait to hear it. Because I'm curious to see as to, is he going to put YC on like a house, like dance beat? Or is it going to be something hip-hop? I just, I want to see. I'm really curious to see what they're going to create. So, um, yeah, they're back on the playlist this week because I still really love this song. I've played it at least like four or five times this week alone. And today is only <laughs> Friday. Plus, it's a Friday night. So, you know, I'm going to be blasting this in the house, drinking my wine. Okay. And yeah, also speaking of Ograna, he has an EP coming out. Now, we, talk about, we talked about his Imperfect EP quite a while ago um, that we did a review on for Shall We Review. But he has another EP coming out with a producer. And I don't know if I can talk about this now or even tell you guys what it's named. I don't think they've released this anyway. I love giving you guys exclusive news. But his has the song that I think I might have teased last week that is called The Zombie that I really love. I haven't listened to the entire project because his, his team sent it to me um, first so that I could listen to it and get, gather my thoughts and things so I can tell you guys a little bit of gist before they actually release it. And yeah, Zombie is my favorite song. I'm going to tell you that. I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. It's it's pop housey, dancey, because you know Oranya, he's usually doing more R&B, soul, jazz type of things. And I think... His song with Cascade, Feel Free, was nice to see him step out of his comfort zone. And also to see Cascade have an artist like him on this song. I thought it was a perfect blend. I liked the song a lot and still do. And yeah, I'm really curious to see what you guys think when Orania's new project, Orania, his new project comes out. And I can't wait for you guys to hear Zombie. I already have visuals for what I think it is going to look like or what I would like it to look like if they were to do a video. Anyway, also in the playlist this week, which for you who do not know, is an Apple Music playlist curated by me of 10 of the hottest tracks from the African continent and the diaspora that I think that you need in your life like now. <laughs> okay, also in there is the new Mr. Easy, um, the baby, this your body, that one, this thing, is definitely in there. And a new song by Jules, who, like, I swear this entire podcast is dedicated to Jules because every week we're talking about his new releases. And I'm not complaining because I liked almost every single one of them. Last week it was the joint that he did with Sango. And this week is a new song that he has called Water, um, Water, featuring Randy Valentine. Now, I this is tried and tested. I listened to this um, earlier today. And for me, it is the perfect song to listen to when you're having like a nice afternoon wine. I tried and tested this in the backyard. Yes, take my word for it. If not, try it for yourself. And last but not least, Ifia's new song with Tiwa Savage, the one that I absolutely love, I did a TikTok to it and everything, is still in the playlist and a whole bunch of other stuff. Now, I've heard that some of you have been experiencing problems with the playlist and not been able to get it for some reason, because Apple Music is just hating on me, I don't know why, I honestly want to move to Spotify, but I just prefer Apple Music, and Spotify is also a little bit bougie, because I don't know why they don't want to make it available for everybody in the continent, but that aside, if you're able to get this playlist, thank you very much, I think you'll have a great time enjoying all of these tracks, but other Otherwise, I'm working on it, okay? Bear with me. <laughs> and also last, well, second to last, last but one, the mix list. Now, I told you guys <laughs> last week that we had a new one out. I might have lied <laughs> because 
Thing is, I had recorded my part for it, but it wasn't quite mixed and finished yet. So I swear, this time, the mix list will be out for you guys by Monday. If you listen to this, like I said, you should on Saturday. Okay? Now, the mix list is a one-hour plug-in-and-play mix by AD the DJ and AD DJ and hosted by me. In this particular edition that you guys are going to hear, there's a little bit of R&B jams, some new sonics to test out your musical palette there's some i'm a piano Ev- everything that you want that you need it inside for you so you can listen to the playlist if you want to find new things um that you can add to your personal apple music playlist or you can just listen to the mix list like for example you are you know having a chill night at home or maybe if you're allowed to go out you out chilling with some friends and they're just like yo put on some tunes and you don't you can't afford a dj Boo-boo, I got you. One hour straight fire, back-to-back jumps. That's all you need. Last but not least, let's get into the reading list, which is basically every week I give you guys what I have been reading this week that I think you might find interesting. And this week is a little bit different. This one comes from Manu Journal. They did 20 female photographers to gaze. Now, Manu Journal is a global art and culture platform dedicated to young creative talents through contemporary African fashion, music, photography, and society. It was founded by um, Richmond Orlando Mensa, who was born and raised in Ghana and is based in Accra. And Kusi Kubi, who is super cool, who is a fashion stylist and consultant, born in Ghana, but moves to late in to London in his late teens and has been working all over the world with like ID Magazine, um, UG as in the artist and a bunch of fun stuff. They recently did, um, I think it was, it was this past week, they did an article on Vogue, on Italian Vogue, on their website of 20 female photographers that you guys need to check out. Um... They described it as the global, well, it is a global art and culture platform. And they made a selection of 20 great talents based on the artist's creative narrative and their impact on society. And it basically serves as a conversation between the continent and the diaspora. And I think there's some really, really dope work to check out on there. I figured since we were talking about the Vogue Challenge and dope photographers, models and things from across the African continent and the diaspora, I felt you guys might want to check this out as well so that you don't have to read every week now you can just look at pretty pictures and find some new um female photographers to gaze at okay i will put a link for you guys on to, for all of the stuff that's the reading list the mix list and the playlist on my instagram page my instagram is at official kwame as you should all know already that's official k-w-a-m-e or you can find it on twitter as well i'm always doing threads of these things and you can check out the reading list you can find the mix list and the playlist But that brings us to the end of another exciting episode of Can We Talk the Podcast? This one was a lot more fun, right? I felt like last week, like I said, it was a little bit of a Debbie Downer, but we have very important work to do. Uh, But this one was a lot more entertaining for me, and it's just good vibes, and I hope it was good vibes for you too. Um, Next up, I talked about this last week. I said we were going to do it this week, but sure. We're going to do it next week, okay? Because I haven't listened to the full album yet. Um, Kenyan band Southie Soul has a new album out. It is called Midnight Train. I have not read any reviews yet, as usual. But I'm really curious to get into the full experience of the album. And then we will review it on the podcast next week. Otherwise... Make sure you guys stay safe. Thank you so much to Akrawi Day for continuing to host us. Thank you guys for continuing to listen to this far. I really, really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Um, thank you for to Cascade also 
for giving me that exclusive information and to Orania's team as well. And what else, guys? Listen, it's Friday night. I'm going to go drink my wine, okay? So God be the glory. Bye-bye.